Welcome to Pop On Leadership, a conversation with two friends who are obsessed with leadership development and the world of pop culture. So we decided to combine the two. I'm Kara Kirby. And I'm Virginia Martinez. We work with organizations all over the world to inspire and implement people-first practices. We're here to talk about navigating the workplace, and we do it through the lens of great television. Our first two seasons are dedicated to Ted Lasso. Join us as we unpack the leadership lessons in each episode. Let's get into it. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is um, season two, episode two of Pop on Leadership, where we're going to be walking through season two, episode two of Ted Lasso. Um, We gave a couple of things away in our first episode. We got so excited about this season that we may have... (laughs) Hinted at a few things, including the lavender. But the reality is, while there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode, the main, main thing is that we know Jamie Tart wants to come back. We're going to talk about that and that um, what that looks like. And so at the start of the episode, we find out that apparently Jamie left Man City and joined a reality show called Lust Conquers All, but he was voted off. We also find out that like they were doing one of these interviews with him on a morning show. And, you know, he's just... Your, your typical Jamie Tart, still all about him. But we also find out that, like, his old team doesn't want him back. And, <laughs> Kara, what did you say? He's been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie got himself canceled. Yeah, he's just, like, n- n- he's just difficult to work with, right? He's difficult to work with, and as talented as he is, people have realized it's not worth it. It's so funny because he was on he was on this dating show and the girl that everybody liked the most, that was the one that he screwed over. And then he goes on that morning show and he was like, I was just going to make everyone like me and then screw them over and take the money at the end and win. And then like, that's how he got canceled because people were like, you are such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great right, because he didn't have the talent of football to sort of distract people from like where people sort of like make these um allowances for him being an asshole like well he's an excellent football player it's like now you're just on a reality show which is sort of in life people saw him what he's like in real life and it's like no i don't i really don't like you so he eventually finds his way to ted at the pub and asks to come back um and so this episode walks us through sort of Ted's process of thinking about it. And so what it really is about is it made us think about those moments where you have to make an executive decision that might upset people. And in this case, for all intents and purposes, Ted did all the right things. He politely told Jamie about how much he adores him, but no, because it's not good for the team. He had a tough conversation with Sam about like, no, I would never do that. He put it up to a vote with the Diamond Dogs. He did all the right things. Um, And yet he ultimately decided to bring Jamie on. And so the episode wraps up with Jamie walking out onto the field the players being really surprised and disappointed. And Rebecca's got a little look on her face. So I I don't want to give too much away because I want to actually ask you, what do you think led Ted to make the decision to bring Jamie back, even though he originally said he wouldn't? And what do you, and then like separately, we'll talk about Rebecca, but what do you think it was that sort of tipped Ted over? You know, he has this conversation with Dr. Sharon in the parking lot and 
again, we talked about this in the first season. There's this, there's a theme of complacency, of status quo, and what you're going to do about it, right? Because status quo, like being comfortable, it, it feels good. That's where our minds want us to stay. Our, our, our egos want us to stay in a place where nothing bad is ever happening to us. You know, like the whole, our, the whole purpose of our brain is to keep us safe, is to sit, is to look out into the world and say that it looks like a snake, avoid it. That looks like it's dangerous. Avoid it. Oh, that's a risk over there. Completely avoid that, right? Like that's what our brains are wired to do. And what that whole situation does is it keeps us safe and it keeps us in status quo. I mean, when I decided to leave um, corporate America, which I'd been in for 15 years, and I was so comfortable and the decision to go off on my own, I, I mean, I, I did write it down just because I have, you know, this is my line of work. So I understand how human beings operate. I knew how, how much of a struggle it was going to be for me mentally, like how scared I was going to be. But I was not prepared for the amount of fear that would be in me every single day. I, I, I had to go to therapy like once a week to be like, I'm laying on the floor scared all the time because my brain wanted me to stay in the same financially secure place instead of taking a risk. And so, um, so, you know, we see this and we see this in Ted. Ted is out there trying to influence everyone else's behavior. He's trying to influence everyone and help them, help them learn and help them see the world in a different way and help them evolve. But he's not evolving himself. He is staying in his his place of comfort. His brain is telling him, "Go, don't go do anything scary." Which is Dr. Sharon, right? So Dr. Sharon has this very long winded way of saying. Dr. Sharon has this conversation with him when they're in the parking lot, and she says, "Heavy is the head that wears the Pfizer." <laughs> yeah, and what she's doing is chipping away at him and saying, "Like you got to start you like your your team." Are you, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with tying or do you want them to win? Because they can win, but you have to start with yourself. Yeah. And I, that's why I think this sort of now, now it's up to eight game streak of ties is so symbolic. It's not bad. It's not good. Right. It's very symbolic of sort of mm -hmm. being in the middle and being content and knowing that there's more and they know there's more. Um, Ooh, is that and that's such a symbol of life right, right there too. Right. Like yeah, you can you can you can coast through life being comfortable, not taking any risks, right? And and that's what your brain wants you to do because when you do start taking risks, that's when you're going to start feeling all that fear and that's where it gets scary. Yeah. And you can say you can you can stay tying games, but what do you want to do if you actually want to do something bigger? Yeah. And, and she basically in that scene in the parking lot that you're referencing, you know, she's leaving and she's like, oh, Ted, you know, I'm going to, um, I have a little write up of my report of my assessment of your team and I'll give it to you tomorrow. And he like puts her on the spot, which, you know, I don't appreciate. <laughs> it's like, well, tell it, give it to me now or whatever. And he, and she talks about, look, you have like this really, you've created a really wonderful, thoughtful, kind atmosphere on this team. People are listening to each other. Um, and that makes him feel good. She's like, but can we all agree that being winless with eight ties is is really what you want or what they want? You know, like I, she's like, I know you have this like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of mentality. But this this might be a, like uh, you might not realize it's broken, right? Because it's not losses. Again, it's not losses. They're tying. So it really is symbolic of this sort of status quo. Um, and I think ultimately, I think I agree with you that that was what tipped him over 
this like, oh yeah, I am prioritizing locker room feelings. I am prioritizing mm-hmm. the health of the team. I'm doing all the right things. I am prioritizing hearing the perspectives of others. But my job, my job is to win. Because actually, like, it, 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 it will impact people's salaries, people's livelihoods. It will impact jobs. It will impact lives if we do not, right? Because, like, we know at the end of the first season, they got relegated. So I, I think that's what tipped him over. I have a question for you because I'm wondering if you see this in your life. I feel like organizations sometimes think that you can only be one way or the other, like we see with Ted. It's like you either can be nice and form this really safe environment or you have to be cutthroat and that's how you win. And and it's not one way or the other. The two things have to work simultaneously to have a high-performing culture, right? So, so Ted's leaning a little bit over here on the continuum and he needs to come over to the middle. Um, and then like you see like somebody like Nate that's like, oh, that should just work for their goddamn paycheck. And it's like, no, 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 you need to come over. Like everybody needs to just come over to the middle. And that's in real life too, right? Like this whole idea that it's one way or the other doesn't actually exist. Like everyone kind of needs to come to the come to the middle, create a safe environment, but also you have to push people a little bit like beyond their boundaries of what they think is possible. Because again, people, it's, it's so much easier to stay at that, at that status quo place. Totally. And it reminds me of what we talked about in episode one of the season where um, it's, it's really impossible. It's, it's a fruitless, it, it is a folly to go seek out consensus for every single decision. And, Rather acknowledging that there are different points of views, two things can be true at the same time. Jamie can be toxic and Jamie can also help us win. Two things can be true at the same time. Like Jamie can be added to the team and it doesn't have to disrupt the, 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 the rest of the players and their playing time. Like, you know, there's, there's two things can be true. And I think that's, that's also hard for a leader to do. I will say, though, I kind of had hoped, you know, because he had that heart to heart with Sam and we love Sam and he's just like, where's his heart on his sleeve? And he's so earnest and just modest and humble and we love everything about him. So he has that heart to heart with Sam. He says, like, I agree with you. We're not going to bring Jamie. And then without any notice, just has Jamie run on the field. Mm -hmm. I had wondered, like, might there have been a slightly better way to, I mean, it wouldn't have made for good TV, right? This makes for good TV. So I get why the drama, but in real life, what would you have done if you're like, Hey, Sam, I promised you one thing and now I'm changing my mind. Would you have, how would you have done something like that? I, I think, I think that if Ted would have sat down with, with Sam, because I, one of the other things that we see in this episode is that when Jamie talks about like why he quit playing football originally to go on that silly reality show, it was because his dad was berating him every time he was on the field. So he would get off the field and his dad would be screaming at him about all the things that he did wrong and he just like couldn't take it anymore. So Ted, I mean, Ted has dad issues and he also knows that Jamie has dad issues. So there's this part of it that is beautiful where he's like, he's like remembering that like all human beings deserve a second chance. And they, and they do, right? Like everybody can change. We, we can't be judged as our worst selves. Um, but 
But I think if he would have had that conversation, I don't think you, you know, it wasn't his place to discuss, you know, Jamie's psychology with Sam. But I think that like Sam is such a wonderful person that if he would have sat down and said, we need to give Jamie a second chance because like that's the the culture around here. I think that that conversation would have gone a lot better. What yeah. do you think? What do you think he should have done? Yeah, I think um, I agree. And and Sam has his own dad issues, too. So I think they're mm-hmm. in that swirl between Ted and his relationship with his dad, seeing Sam have this healthy relationship, but sometimes like trying so hard to make his father happy, which Jamie was doing. Like, I think in that swirl, he was like, OK, like what would what differentiates Jamie from Sam from me? And then got to this place of a second chance. Um and, and and taking a risk on Jamie, right? Saying that he, again, believing that he could be better. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and I said this in season one, so I'm going to be repeating myself a little bit, but there is that moment of like, okay, Sam, I hear you. I know all the reasons why it would be risky to bring Jamie back. But here's what I see in him. And this is what I believe about, you know, second chances and, and, and his motivations, not his behaviors, et cetera. And like, listen, Sam, I feel like you're me. If you were the the coach, the manager of this this football team with eight straight draws and and wanting to win, what would you do? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I also don't even think that it should have been with just Sam. Agreed. He should have done it with he should have had a conversation with the team. Agreed. Um and and even if they didn't agree with him, like explain like this is a what's about to happen because in that moment when the team saw Jamie run onto the field, Ted lost a lot of credibility. He lost he that was that was a trust um sucking moment, right? Yeah. Because they they felt that betrayal from them because he had all told them that it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, I agree. And and I think I think he could have said we're going to give Jamie another chance to change his behavior. But if we don't see improvements, then I will then I will make a hard decision. Like everything that you said of like you know having that conversation of what would you do in my situation? Like yes, he should have done that, and he should have also said we're going to give him one more chance. And then I promise you that if if he keeps fucking up, then like he's out yeah. of here. And, and setting those same expectations with Jamie, being like, listen, this is the expectation I have for you of how you're going to behave on this Mm -hmm. team and be a team player. Like, no, it's not all your, your old behavior is not going to fly. I mean, Jamie knows that, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's in a, it's kind of cool. Like his character arc, we're seeing Jamie have to eat crow because he's, we're seeing humility out of him for the first time, which is, which is really nice. Again, you know, we're going to see Jamie transform as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) his his little, his little silly self, we're going to see grow up a little bit. And we have to always remind ourselves, like he's what, 24 now? He was 23 in the last season. Mm -hmm. So there is there like, he's quite literally growing up you know there's also yeah you see there i there's that model that um i love i can't think of the name right now but it's like you know you start out of thinking about the world as just yourself right like you think that you're the center of the world and then as you evolve it's you no know, i i exist in this world with other people right and and we everyone that's young has to go through that evolution of like oh like i'm just this tiny little speck of flesh on this floating rock right like <laughs> like it's nothing is that big of a deal like i don't you know like but 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 people have people do it on their own timeline and so jamie's in that transition point right now of like it's not just all about jamie now it's jamie with other yeah people. and we also learned that was such a defense mechanism as well but anyway um yeah so that's that's episode two i mean it's it's the it's really the main 
theme of this, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens throughout. So anything else about this episode before we wrap up? I don't know how much meat there is to this, but I, I think, again, we're seeing Ted's resistance to change. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a really, really weird block up of exploring and understanding himself. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, again, this, this, this whole season has so many metaphors in it, but it's, it's such a metaphor of like what we see happen inside of people, right? Like, cause exploring yourself is so scary and, and God, Dr. Sharon, she's just, she just sees straight through people. And she challenges so him. Amazing. She challenges him. And I think that's, she, he is uncomfortable with deep exploration and change and all that stuff. I mean, we say that, but then he also picked up and moved across like to a different continent mm-hmm. to coach a team. So that's like, I, we have to sort of take that with a grain of salt. Like, but he was fleeing though. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's different. He was running away from a situation. That's he true. wasn't, he wasn't approaching it head on. And also his resistance to therapy was probably one of the reasons why his marriage didn't work. Yeah. I, I think because he, yeah, yeah, the commonality is that he's conflict averse, which we know mm-hmm. that that yeah. is true. Um, and yet, Dr. Sharon's finding a way to kind of introduce challenging him. So it's not, it's not, I mean, he might feel it as conflict, but she's doing mm-hmm. it in a healthy way to challenge him, being very direct, asking him questions that make him think. And I, and this is the first, it, it, to the point where it feels out of character for Ted. Yes. But realizing like, so yes, again, he's sort of, um, taking control of what's within his control. He's sort of prepared for the fallout to some extent, yada, yada, yada. So yeah. Setting up a lot of stuff in this episode. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for season two, episode two of pop on leadership. If you're enjoying it, please go rate us and leave us a review. It makes us really happy and um, helps get this podcast in front of others. We appreciate you listening. Thank you everybody. See you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we want to keep the conversation going. Share your leadership stories with us, whether they're dreams come true or some nightmares you want to talk through. You can visit us at poponleadership.com or over at Instagram at poponleadership. And a very special thanks to our friends and family who have supported us from the beginning and to Pam Rodriguez, who helped make this crazy dream a reality. Thank you. See you next time.